10-5, touchdown, Arkansas State. Culver is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Amir, coast to coast, lays it home with the right hand, and he's fouled. Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. And we welcome you once again to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Matt and Brad with you on a huge week in Mm -hmm. A-State sports. And I guess that goes all the way back to last week. We can say a huge couple of weeks in A-State sports. And it started last week in Birmingham, the Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championships a week ago. And for the third straight year, the A-State men and women sweeping those championships. Also, the fourth consecutive meet now that the track and field teams have swept, both the men and women. You go back and count indoor, outdoor, and cross-country combined. The run of success for the track and field program, just at a level that uh, is pretty hard to comprehend right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see at, at a lot of different levels. You know, they used to get there on the strength that you'd have a, a sprinter come through or great pole vaulters and jumpers and this and that, and, and that's sort of how they got it done. And you could compete and win the indoor, maybe, you know, the outdoor the same, but, you know, come cross-country season, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, going on. And then, you know, they reworked the distance part of it, how they approached that. Jesse Duvall took that over, and now all of a sudden – you know, they've got a lock on all of it across country, which winning that, you know, having the program in place to win that, then all of a sudden makes you even better in indoor and outdoor because of all your distance events. And so, you know, it's a machine right now. And Coach Patchell, who I know we're going to talk about, you know, those were his 19th and 20th conference mm. championships. It's interesting because his career sort of bridged a little bit on the fact that, you know, he came here when it was rolling. and But his last two years, he was coached by Jay Flanagan at Arkansas State. That's right. His first uh, coach Flanagan's first two years were Coach Patchell's last two as an athlete, and so he's um, connected there too. And Coach Patchell's an interesting guy because not real, real outspoken, but he is really confident in what they've got going on, and he's not close to satisfied. So it was cool to hear him. He told me on my show last week, to kind of secretly, you know, he never really talked about it, but secretly. This is a record he wanted to break. He wanted to get to 20 conference championships, which is the most any coach has won in A-State history. It's fun to see this run of success continue. And some individuals that uh, won titles this past week, Kevon Holder in the 60-meter hurdles, a meet record time of 7.91 seconds. Also in the mile, Bennett Pasco with a indoor championship meet record time. Uh, four minutes, 6.84 seconds in the mile. Seth Waters also finishing second in that same race. So A-State was 1-2. And those and, guys went 1-2 the other way around last year. Bennett able to win the championship this season. And full transparency here. In a little bit of frustration because Bennett came in and we did a really nice 30-minute long interview or so and i think everybody understands that sometimes technology doesn't always work the the way you want it to and uh, the interview just disappeared so we hate to uh 
not play that interview for you today, but an outstanding young man. Yeah, to paraphrase what he said, he said he's the best to ever do it at Arkansas State. Nobody will ever be better, and he's not sure why they'll try. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> he's actually a, a humble young man and really, uh, really enjoyed kind of getting to know his story. And look, we're going to get Bennett back in the studio to do this again sometime very, very soon. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Carter Shell. What a week he had at the indoor championships, winning the long jump and the triple jump. And then after that, Carter went to Spokane, Washington to compete in the USA track and field indoors. He finished fifth. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, uh, I think maybe it's a triple one of those was a little bit of a surprise to jump up and win you know coach patchell was telling me it's a thing that's fascinating about these track meets and and just talking with coach patchell look even if all you ever do is interview a guy after he wins a conference meet that's a lot of chances to interview coach patchell and figure out how this thing works and you know one of the places they got a few more points than maybe they expected is i don't know that they thought carter show would win the double they thought he'd win one and compete in the other and score some points so to see him pull them both off and as you said go to the uh, usa track and field indoors finish fifth and be second in the program at that meet one of the assistant coaches will williams who helps out with the horizontal jump events long jump triple jump Will Williams actually finished fourth in that USA track and field indoor over the weekend. And want to mention, too, former Red Wolf Sharika Nelvis finished fifth in the 60-meter hurdles. So A-State representing those Sunbelt meets, but uh, on the national stage, too. And in this case, you know, with Will and Sharika, and we've seen some others, if these athletes want to go compete beyond the college level and become a you know a, a pro at their event, you know they go get sponsorships and do that, and that's what some of these athletes do. Like they, some of these guys are able to work with the athletes at Arkansas State as kind of as assistant coaches while still training and competing on their own as sponsored athletes. In the interview you didn't hear today, but you'll hear somewhere down the line. Bennett Pasco hopes to do the same thing, you know, distance running with the steeplechase is to maybe get a chance to compete professionally. And if he does that, he'd like to still train at Arkansas State and, and work with the athletes there as an assistant coach. Big things this past week for the A-State basketball teams. We'll talk about those when we come back here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? Sized up your daughter's boyfriends here? Waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave. This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. And we welcome you back into the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. A-State basketball with a big stretch right now. They wrapped up the regular season this past week. And uh, the men, we'll start with them. They were at home after playing four in a row on the road. It was good to get back home. They started with a Wednesday night game against Coastal Carolina. A Coastal Carolina team that they defeated at their place about a month ago. But this game was close early on. It's a one-point game a few minutes into the second half. And then Coastal goes on a 16-1 to run. They go up 16 at one point, and 
Look, credit A-State. They came back. They got it back down to one late in the game with just over a minute to go. But Coastal able to win that game Wednesday night, 74-69. to What's interesting, that Coastal run started out of a timeout. And I, I can't remember if Cliff Ellis had to call it or if it just happened organically as a media timeout. But the timeout hit with A-State, the momentum, and it was a one-point ball game. And all of a sudden – Coming out of that timeout, the momentum shifts. They go on the run. Then A-State had one more run in it and, you know, came up just uh, you know, a little bit short. As you said, got down 16, got back within one. Even in the loss, just another amazing performance by Norshad O'Meara. And he put up a stat line that hasn't been put up in all of Division One college basketball in 25 years. He had 23 points, 15 boards, Five blocks, a career-high five steals. He also had three assists. Nobody had put up a stat line like that in 25 years. And even going back, and you include NBA games, non-overtime NBA games, you got to go back to 1993. That's NBA games that go for 48 minutes, Mm -hmm. by the way. Hakeem Olajuwon was the last person to put up a line like that in the NBA and Norshad's out there doing it in a 40 minute college. I wonder game. now, I wonder about my only question uh, with that Hakeem Olajuwon stat is I didn't see the date he did it. So I don't know, is that counting the 93 season or is it the early part of the 93, 94, early season? part of the 93, 94. Okay. So that's one of the two, the first of the two seasons where Michael Jordan allowed Hakeem Olajuwon to win a championship oh by playing baseball. <laughs> That was a heck of a Rockets team back then. Well, they're welcome. The men able to bounce back after the Thursday loss to Coastal Carolina. It was senior night, excuse me, Wednesday loss to Coastal Carolina. (laughs) It's a little strange last week (laughs) with the Wednesday-Friday setup. Friday night, they hosted Appalachian State, an App State team that is the two-seed in the Sunbelt Tournament going into this week. So, They've had a really nice year. Red Wolves had fell just short in Boone last month, but, you know, a chance to bounce back on Friday. And, you know, the Red Wolves got down 12 in the first half. I think it was 28-16 at one point. Got it back to within four at halftime, and then they come back and win it 62-60. to And I thought the defense was really the story, especially late in the game, App was held without a field goal the final six minutes, 39 seconds. Yeah, I think 26.9% shooting in the second half. Uh, and we talked about it on our broadcast when it was, you know, 34-30 or whatever it was at the half. You're Mike Blotto. You kind of had to feel pretty good about where you were sitting because certainly it was the first half where you sure could have gone down at halftime by more than four uh, when you started kind of looking that thing over a little bit. So, you know, A-State was probably pretty okay with its spot there, and it came out, yeah, and rode that defense to, to get in the win in the second half in a, in a fun game and a really fun atmosphere. Yeah, I thought Desi Sills was really good in this game, and he, he kind of set the tone. His intensity was, was fantastic. He had four steals, also had a team-high 16 points, and, you know, it was important to take some momentum into the conference tournament, but at the same time, it was just as important to send those seniors out with a win. Christian Willis and Marquise Eaton playing their final game at home. And, you know, Marquise is leaving here, the all-time leader in games played. Fifth all-time in scoring. He's 
top five in assists. He's third there. I think he's sixth in steals, about to move into the top five in that category as well. But uh, I was glad to see those two go out as a winner the other night. Yeah, not just that. I mean, but not just for senior night, but looking ahead to this week, which I know we will later. It was so key to see Marquise hit some shots because he was getting the same shots he'd been getting. And for whatever reason, they had not been going in. He'd been getting a ton of rim outs. And so to see those shots go in, that's key because, you know, A-State moved to now 12-1 and on the year in games where Marquise and Desi combined for 25 or more. That's a good stat. You get those two going, Norshad's going to do what he does. And a lot of the times we've sat here and and talked on this podcast this year after A-State losses, it's because the backcourt shooting went cold. And if you get just a couple of those guys, even if one of the three has an off night, if two of them are going, then you still got to like your chances. Because if you look at, and I don't know what this stat means much, I made it up, but it's the truth. If you take like the points and rebounds and combine them up to one number to get a value there, like Norshad had 11 and 8 in this game. So 11 plus 8 is 19 mm-hmm. points and rebounds combined. That's the second lowest total he's had in a win all year long. He had 18, 10 and 8 against Kansas City way back in November. So on a night where statistically especially for a conference win you got the least production you had out of Norshad the guards go hit enough shots and make enough plays to get you in that's a that is a key thing heading into this week A-State finishes the regular season 17 and 10 overall 8 and 7 in Sunbelt Conference play we'll talk about their first round matchup in the conference tournament here in just a little bit but you know the A-State women were on the road to close out the regular season this past week and really played well. They had a really close loss at Texas State on Thursday, but they rebounded, finished the regular season with a big-time win at Texas Arlington, a UTA team that is the two-seed going into the Sun Belt Tournament this week. But you go on the road and beat them on their senior day, 82-75, to come from behind in the fourth quarter to do it 29 fourth quarter points and that's in that one cool to see and he did it without trinity jackson who had gotten ejected yeah as part of a double technical in the third quarter so number one you were down to seven you were down to essentially one post player and that's a true freshman and kier ellis and you know i was talking cade was uh cade carlton was uh, on the show with me actually from down in uh, san marcus on thursday before that texas state game tipped off and we were talking on the air so you know it's time for i think gyra we both said you know gyra's do a big one well chicks had two i mean i think she had she may have had 25 thursday night too but she was huge on saturday because they just put all those those freshman guards and those shooters and Morgan Wallace, they just spread them out on the three-point line and just spread it out and let Jaira go to work. And when they were so spread out, because you got to respect those shooters, nobody can keep her from the rim. Yeah, Jaira Washington, 26 points. Lauren Pendleton, 25 in that win. Now they've got a little bit of momentum heading into the conference tournament as well. Just really happy for Coach Destiny Rogers and that bunch being able to go on the road after a lot of close losses here of late, able to kind of get over the hump. This team has not been out of a game, and I couldn't tell you when. 
And I know they, they lost more than they won. I get that. But even after the injury to Kia Patton, and even when Trinity Jackson got hurt and you didn't know what her future was going to be for the season, they just kept sticking in games and fighting and clawing and giving themselves chances and just to get turned away. They had breaks coming. They finally had one go their way Saturday. And hope they're not done. I think they could have some more go their way. All conference honors are out meanwhile, and we'll take a look at which A-State players were recognized by the Sunbelt Conference when we come back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. As expected, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year honors going to A-State's Norshad Omir. It's really cool for a number of reasons. It's been 23 years since an A-State player men's player won conference player of the year it was chico fletcher who did it last he went back to back there in the late 90s and of course you know the last time that a state had a sunbelt player of the year they went to the ncaa tournament that season but uh yeah congratulations to norshad and defensive player of the year on top of that but it's one thing to win it but he had the expectation mm-hmm. to win the award. He was the preseason player of the year, and he lived up to expectations. He exceeded yeah. expectations. And I think that's the thing why this was pretty drama-free, as just for what you just said. He's the preseason player of the year, and he went and had a better year than even people probably thought he would when they voted him preseason player of the year. I wouldn't have told you I would have thought, even if he'd been player of the year, that he'd be defensive player of the year. You don't think about it in those terms. But look at it, then the numbers he put up with, with the block shots. In conference games, getting well inside the top 10 and steals too. And, and plus, when you get more defensive rebounds than anybody in the conference and just about anybody in the country, then that helps most of your cases being the defensive player of the year. Big time honor there for Norshad. On the women's side, announced on Monday that Lauren Pendleton – the outstanding freshman was named Freshman of the Year in the Sunbelt Conference. And Trinity Jackson also receiving recognition. She was voted third team All-League. Yeah, good for uh, good for Trinity uh, to see people recognize her hard work. And I know the year, I mean, even for as good a year as she had, it didn't get to go completely the way she wanted to because she had to miss the time with the injury. And, you know, uh, Coach Rogers, who is nothing if not transparent, you know, said in her kind of pre-tournament Zoom on Monday that Trent's out there playing with a torn labrum. You know, so they have to kind of go in short spurts. But when they're not, they're really small, but they're really fast. And so the eight they're taking down there are kind of four old comers. In fact, you know, their roster right now is four players who actually were here, brought in here by Coach Boyer and his staff, and four freshmen. That's, That's the roster. That's it, yeah. The uh... – Women will now open up Sunbelt Conference tournament play on Wednesday. They're the first game of the entire tournament, men's or women's. At 11.30 on Wednesday, they'll take on Coastal Carolina. A-State, the eight seed. Coastal Carolina, the nine seed. 
They met one time during the regular season. A State able to get a home win over the Chanticleers, eighty-one to sixty, back in January. Sign me up for another one just like yeah, that. Yeah, just like that. Uh, they played really well, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I know you, you will transition right to talking about the men, but we've been talking a long time about this Sun Belt tournament. Heck, I mean, like everybody listen to this, it'd be great if it was in Hot Springs. That'd be awesome. Uh, so from an Arkansas State standpoint. Man, those were the best. I loved it when it was in Hot Springs. But uh, if you're, uh, to me, if, if you're in the, the Gulf Coast and you are just you just fancy yourself a college basketball fan, I don't see how you wouldn't just go watch this because literally any game you come across is probably going to the wire. I, mean, just no I would what. say more will go down to the wire than we'll see double-digit wins by and somebody. I'm, and I'm for I'm, women, men, the same. Yeah, There's no telling who's winning either one of these tournaments. Now, we say that, we've talked so much about it. Heck, watch the two one-seeds win. But they won't do it without a fight. From an, I put this out there Saturday night once the brackets were set on women's side. Just from an A-State standpoint, the A-State women already have a win over the two seed. They have a win over the four seed. And they led the one seed on the road in the fourth quarter. The A-State men have a win over the one seed, have a win over the two seed, really outplayed the four seed, and still had a shot in the air to win at Troy. They didn't play the three seed. Didn't play the three seed. Yeah, and if the A-State women win that game Wednesday, they'll take on the top seed, Troy, coming up on Friday track in the quarterfinals. meet, if that happens. We've been talking about track meet earlier in the program. We did. That'll be one. If that's the game you get, you talk about two teams going with their blowing and going. That'll be what'll happen. Meanwhile, the men's team will open up Sunbelt tournament play. First round action Thursday at 5 when they take on ULM. Red Wolves won in Monroe. Back in January, 91-84, they came back from a double-digit deficit with about 10 minutes to go to win that one. That was, again, 91-84, the final in that one. And then they played early February in Jonesboro, and ULM came back from a 14-point second-half deficit, and they won that game 60-59. to And I'm sure if you talk to Mike Bellotto or anybody on this A-State team, the one loss that stung more than any other this year was that ULM yeah. loss. And I interviewed Coach Bellotto right after the win this past Friday over Appalachian State, and we found out at that point that they were playing ULM in the first round. And so I asked him, are you ready for a little revenge? And he said, well, I told told the team in the locker room that's who we're playing, and they automatically went from excitement to locked in on playing ULM. They really, really want another shot at this bunch. Yeah, it was the worst loss. I'm not saying worst performance. It was the worst loss uh, this team took in conference play and because uh, it's a game they seemed to have right up until the, the second you didn't, honestly. And uh, so I, I'm sure they're looking forward to that. Just like, a, you know, heck, Monroe's going down there going, you're telling me we could go down there and play a team we've already beat? They're excited too. There ain't anybody, and I, heck, throw Little Rock's bunch in there too from the men. There's not anybody driving to Pensacola or flying to Pensacola or headed to Pensacola this week saying, we got no shot of winning this thing. They go in as the sixth seed. Again, ULM's the 11. But I'm really, really anxious to see how this thing 
plays out. And look, if if you get by Monroe, you take on Georgia State. And that's your quarterfinal game. Now, you can look at this a couple of different ways. Georgia State's won seven in a row. They're the hottest team in the league, but hadn't seen them this year. You kind of wonder how that works into all of this. The fact that they haven't played. Now, the last last year. Last time they did play. No, they played in the quarterfinals last year. That's right. Georgia State ended the Red Wolves season last year in what was a very close game. Georgia State won that game by four. So this is the first time since last year's quarterfinals that they'll play if A-State gets by ULM first. But we could have a quarterfinal rematch. Let me tell you something. And I ran these numbers just to check it over the weekend. Uh, and I'm actually glad this is the case. Had everything on Arkansas State schedule stayed the same. They still won the eight games they won. They lost the seven they lost except for they'd gotten to play the three cancellations. Georgia State at home, both games against Little Rock. Even had A-State won all those and gotten to 11-7, and seven, still wouldn't have gotten to the four. So there's a peace of mind for me knowing that the cancellations in the end didn't cost you a buy. Because if you'd gotten to 11-7, and seven, your win percentage would have been 6-11 and Troy's at 6-25. This is a wide-open tournament. And, yeah, I I can see one of a half dozen teams, maybe even more than that, possibly cutting down the nets Monday night in Pensacola. I mean, you don't have to go far. App State, you know, it was seeded a little bit different last year because of the divisions. They were the four seed out of their division. Not in the tournament. They were the four seed out of their division. And won four games in four days. Do want to mention baseball. They're at home this week. They were supposed to play last week at home against UAPB, but with all the ice and the horrible field conditions, that series was canceled altogether, will not be made up. Now, instead of a 10-game homestand, we'll try to get seven games in on this homestand. They'll host Mississippi Valley Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday at 6, Wednesday at 3, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, home against Illinois State. So, Hopefully, Tommy Raffo's team can get all of those games in and hopefully their first few wins under their belt this season. He uh, met via Zoom as well on Monday as you're listening to this. And so as you're looking ahead to this midweek series, one thing he said is you're, you're going to see everybody pitch. Like Carter Holt starting the Tuesday game in the midweek. The midweek, the weekend guys are going to pitch in the midweek because they got to pitch. So he, there's no telling how many pitchers they'll rotate through uh, in these two midweek games because you know they're kind of backed up, right? You thought you had three more games to get all these guys work than you've gotten. And so I think we'll see a lot of action in that uh, A-State arm barn over the next couple of days. Anything you need to get off your chest before we get out of here? I, I think I could probably go on a rant about technology <laughs> i don't have a rant i gotta take all right come on let's and i it. and i have and and it's not i'm not spitballing here i've put a lot of thought in to kind of lay the groundwork here we've talked before on this podcast that i'm for arkansas state no matter what and they've got 11 head coaches as soon as they get a volleyball head coach hired i think we'll be getting close i think that process is probably down to two finalists so uh, once that person gets hired, they'll have 11 head coaches. And no matter who those 11 people are, I want them to win. I liken it on a much less dramatic scale to years ago. I heard somebody say, you know, 
wanting the president of the United States to fail is like cheering against the pilot on the plane you're on. You know, I, I want these head coaches yep. at Arkansas State to win. For those who might not know my background as much, if you're new to Arkansas State or just, you know, any of that, is that I did 12 years play-by-play on the radio for the women and have been extremely, extremely plugged into that program. I'd be willing to say, and this statement's not about any Arkansas State fan, it's about me. I'd be willing to say I'm as much or more interested in the Arkansas State women's basketball program than most people. I've got fair enough. I care an awful, awful lot about that program. With that said, we we don't know. We haven't heard how this coaching search thing is going to play out. And however it plays out, just go back to the beginning of this little spiel. I'm going to want whoever they put in that chair to win. But for me, and for somebody who cares an awful lot about that program, I just want to say I've seen enough over the last couple of months or whatever it's been to think that Arkansas State can contend for and potentially win some belt championships with Destiny Rogers as the head coach. I believe that. It's not like I went into it thinking that. I went to it a blank slate. And it's not like I'm saying that because I just like Destiny Rogers and want her to get it. You know, I want that program to win. I really, really, really want that program to win. And I think it can with her at the helm. Her demeanor in a ball game is really something I haven't seen much before. Just the calm level she can stay at over the course of the game. Seen her continue to get and will continue to get more comfortable with the other stuff that goes with it, dealing with the media. She's, as we said earlier, unbelievably transparent. Uh, You will not get coach speak out of her. If you ask a question, be prepared for the honest answer to that question. And I believe, based on just what you hear and what you talk to her, I I believe she's going to be able to recruit at a level that can get you where you need to get. And so I've got zero problems if they – give her this thing and let her run with it i think that's very well said we've had coach rogers out at lost pizza for the radio show for most of the season i know there's been some dates where it really didn't match up but you know we've had players out there every week too and every single one of them just talks about how this team has come together under really unique circumstances under the guidance of destiny rogers so I understand every point that you're making because you hear that from her players. Yeah, it's been a really, really unique season. These kids have dealt with basically being called to a team meeting 24 hours before a tip-off to find out there's going to be a change at the head coaching position to losing players left and right, leading scorer goes down, all-conference post player goes down. Nobody could have or would have blamed them if they packed it up and they just absolutely refused to do that and i mean i I think a lot of that mentality starts at the top looking forward to seeing how the women and the men do at the sunbelt conference championships this week in pensacola we'll talk all about it next week on the next second to none podcast presented by simmons bank